Welcome to Man Buns and Jesus, uh, the weekly podcast that is actually, this is like our fourth week in a row actually recording. Um, I am Josh, I'm a pastor in Eastvale, California, and I learned last time not to point at other people because the video doesn't arrange them the way they're arranged on my screen. <laughs> Uh, but the other gentleman with the man bun and the big bushy beard is Pastor Ben Olschlager, which is, he's somewhere in, in Canada or something. Uh, Michigan, but, you know, close enough. And then uh, our guest here, who sadly has no man bun, for shame. I'm actually going to go get a haircut today, so it's going to get shorter. Just uh, so sad. Even worse. Yeah, uh, is Pastor Sean Baker, the all-star of Se- Concordia Seminary Soccer, the uh, oh, the president of awesomeness, somewhere in the hierarchy of the Chelsea fan club, and I have no more uh, no more made-up titles for you. Yeah, Sean. unfortunately, well, that last one's not fan. made up. That's actually true. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a White Sox about- fan living in Kansas City, which is not super ideal when it comes to divisions in baseball but it's okay actually it is ideal it is ideal because the royals the royals are bad (laughs) tickets are really cheap so i got to see two or three white Sox games this year which is big because we moved here in july so the season's you know halfway over at that point already so anyway sorry i cut out your intro my bad that's okay (laughs) This is we have no rules here. Podcast for okay, okay. Um, <laughs> so you may say why why I introduced Sean with those titles and why we didn't cut him off when he started talking about baseball. And well, Ben's going to tell you why that's the case. <laughs> because today we're going to talk about sports. Uh, <laughs> there may or may not be theology associated with this. Uh, realistically, there's there's going to be. Um, and we're not necessarily here to poo-poo sports. Like, we all are massive sports fans. Um, the the things we want to kind of get into today are, are what going on around the sports world um, might have some implications into Christian living and, and the way that we do life. Like, um, you know, there's oftentimes a, a culture of drinking that surrounds sports. There's oftentimes a culture of aggression. There's all sorts of language that gets brought into sports, uh, especially some really interesting theological language that gets brought into this, brought into sports, and we kind of want to just dive into that, and see uh, see where it goes when we just break down the the different ways that, that Christianity and sports interact. Uh, Josh, and, you look like you're here to correct me already. <laughs> and well, I just want to add one topic. We are going to come to the conclusion on what are the theologically correct sports teams to root for. Everyone except the Houston Astros. <laughs> yeah, that's a given. Yeah. Duh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, specifically, so, the 2017 Houston Astros. That's another story for another day. Have- they still have all the same players. I mean, most yeah, but at least they're not banging on trash cans anymore. Yeah, I was so glad they lost. By the way, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you, in a good conscience, could root for the Houston Astros. Yeah, yeah, that's a difficult moral dilemma. <laughs> I know. Yeah, man, can you ban someone from communion? For <laughs> Minor ban. You root for the wrong baseball team. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> Um, 
something I kind of want to throw out right quick about sports is I think they're overused theologically, hmm. which like sounds like a weird thing to say, but I, I was talking to my brother about this the other day, and it's not important the conversation that led us to this point. But we came to the conclusion that most pastors are weird people and aren't great at connecting with normal people. But they get into sports because sports is a pretty low threshold, like interest thing to get into. And they find out I can connect with people on, in sports. So they do. And that, and they kind of like give up on finding other normal things to connect with. And they just, so like, you'll get some pastors who like every sermon has two or three sports illustrations. And I think it's because somewhere along the line, they found out that sports is something normal people do because normal people don't just talk theology. Um, Sports is a normal person thing. So, you know what? I'm just going to use a ton of sports analogies because normal people get that. But, but to be, I guess, ants at a picnic, there are a lot of normal people who do not care about sports. I, maybe a lot is an overstatement. I think it depends what city you're in. Like here mm-hmm. in Kansas City, they, le- they live and breathe the Chiefs. I mean, like, especially because they're so good. Are they, they were good in the past. They're, they're struggling this year. But, I, I mean, you know, like service times, like sometimes on Sunday mornings will be like, oh, the, the 830 service is a little bit more full today because we had uh, contemporary late service people went to the early service so they could watch the Chiefs game and starts at noon. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like it, it's, it's, a real th- it's a real thing here. And I think it kind of depends if you're a big sports city. I think you – I mean, everyone is somehow, you know – uh, in tune what's going on with the chiefs so i mean even if you're not i'm i'm living in suburban detroit and if you know anything about detroit professional sports they all yeah. suck they yeah, they, they all yeah. suck they have a rough um, uh rough sports <laughs> season for sure yeah and i lose one of my tech guys once a month for the late service because he's got lion season tickets so even in a market where the sports teams suck, there are still people who love them so much that they are willing to like be flexible with their, their church attendance or the, the, their involvement in the congregation to get to a game that they know their team is going to lose. <laughs> so I guess yeah. that, that raises the question. Uh, well, maybe our first like theological discussion on sports is um, – it's kind of just the the low hanging fruit that professional sports are kind of they fill a role of an idol in a lot of people's lives. Mm. Um, so, like, I guess the the easiest qualification for an idol is fe- like something you fear, love, and trust more than God. Um, and I think I and this is something that I myself might be guilty of. Like, in the middle of a Preds game where they're not doing great but they're technically up one goal, I might fear them losing their lead at that singular point more than I'm actively thinking about how much I fear God. Right. And like, I love Like if someone loves, loves their sports team so much, they're like, I have to bail on church because I love my sports team so much. Like 
you're definitely getting close to idle territory. I, I'm not saying that anything you go to instead of like one Sunday morning service is automatically an idle, but I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, if you like what Ben was talking, like, or if you like reorient your Sunday morning, so like go to the Saturday night service instead of Sunday to go watch the Lions play, like, I, I, you know, you could say it's still an idol because they're shifting their schedule for sports, but I think it shows a big commitment that you're also willing to, you still devote that hour on a weekend to worship the Lord, even if it is a different service or a different um, day, even Um, because like sports games, uh, they happen at a very specific time, like the lions game. It only starts at noon, and if you're not there, what do you, you mean? Those the games start at ten. You paid for those services. What? Oh, I guess yeah, you're a West Coast guy. Yeah. If yeah. someone, if someone, and I don't, to my knowledge, I haven't had anyone skip church for this, but like, if you have an early NFL game, that we have one service at, at Edgewater, and it starts at ten o'clock. So if you, if there's an early NFL game you're picking one you're either going to service or you're watching the nfl i mean i guess you could sit in the service and stream your nfl game but yeah but i mean most cases you're not going to have a 10 a.m game in california because they're all televised right what i mean no 10 o'clock a.m is the because every game no no no, you're not gonna for you you're not gonna host you're not gonna host a game at yeah, the home games that people would bail on church to like physically go to. Correct. Aren't, yeah, and they may have watch to be, like them. TV dedicated. Yeah. To yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, two two thoughts kind of riffing off this real quick. One, I, I think it's worth me noting, like this guy is one of our tech guys, and he's there for basically every service, both services every week. So the fact that he's missing one a month, I'm completely yeah. okay with. Like, he. The last one of the last ones he went to, the Lions lost like 44 to nothing. It was just like I didn't have to proclaim the law to him at all. That week. <laughs> it just it there was something about suffering that he learned beautifully in the midst of all of that. Um crap, what was my other thought? Come back to me. I'll I'll think of it. I'm blanking right now. Oh, we're so good at nothing. Man. That's Wow. That's was, like Alabama was, college score right there. Dang. That's embarrassing. Um, I guess you're really Alabama playing either one of our alma uh, mater uh, football, Josh. <laughs> yeah. I've been to those games. It's not fun. For, for anyone who doesn't know, I was I went to Vanderbilt in undergrad. And when we won a, a stupid game, it was we were not playing someone good and we beat them. I had people because Vanderbilt students don't get sports. They don't they don't understand how they work. They, I had people standing in the stands next to me and we might be getting your alcoholism point there because it was a miracle. They didn't pass out on the way to the game, but they were cheering. We want Bama. We want Bama. No, we do not want Bama. Because when Bama comes to play Vanderbilt, it looks like a bunch of college kids playing a bunch of high schoolers, and we lose by 60 points, okay? Yeah, I guess you know, you really know who the fans are and who the fans aren't at that point, right? Yeah. Lions have got to be the most dedicated fan base 
in any right. sports team that I know. I mean, yeah. in my Which, lifetime, I, they haven't been. I mean, when, when's the last time they were actually decent? Barry Sanders? They, they made the play. No, they made the playoffs in like 2000. Oh, I'm going to get ripped if I get this wrong. Um, I want to say 2011, but that doesn't sound completely right in my head. Uh, it was one of the one of the years of the the Megatron, Calvin oh. Johnson, and, and uh, yeah. Matt Stafford era. What um, yeah, they, yeah, they went we, like eleven and five, and, and had a good season. Made but even that, like that's that's a, and, that's a good season. That's a playoff season. Yeah, that's we, not a great we, season. We were just talking yeah, about they've this, never actually. won a Super Bowl. I don't think they've ever been to a Super Bowl. So yeah, well, we were just uh, talking about this uh, at at a a party, like a thanks miss or friends miss kind of party. And uh, we we're talking about the Matt Stafford, and he is 0 for three in playoff games. He has never won a mm-hmm. playoff game, and I don't, I don't know, I can't name the quarterback before him for the Lions. So I'm gonna go on a limb and say I don't think they've won a playoff game in my lifetime. I'm 28 years old, so I mean, I don't even. I mean, You're yeah, a like Lions you said, fan, and you need to correct him. I don't think you do, but. Comment or whatever. On I'm the, 28 years old. I don't think they won a playoff game, have they? I mean, if Matt Stafford knowledge. hasn't won, not, I guess Barry yeah. Sanders era, maybe. I I don't, but I don't, I don't know. That's, Even then, though, like they had Barry, but they still weren't good. Like, well, and and to their defense, not to get too far down this lion rabbit hole, like <laughs> they are stuck in a division with the Packers who have just some through some miracle managed to get all-star quarterback after all-star quarterback like Aaron Rodgers before that they had Brett Favre there's Brett's or Bart Starr whatever his name is he's yeah, super he, old yeah. like but, yeah so part of it isn't there i mean part of it is their fault but i don't know so i i circling circling back before we get too far off to this idolatry, the the other thing that kind of sticks out of my head is, you know what team someone roots for long before what church they go to. Gen, I like. I think that's probably a fair. I I would assume that like about even about me, people know that I am an Atlanta United fan, a Nashville fan, and a Colts fan, probably before they know I'm a pastor. Um, and part of that's because I don't wear T-shirts that say I'm a pastor because. That would be you mean, incredibly. You mean you don't have the cool like Hebrew or Greek tattoo on your bicep? No, no, right. no. That's the ultimate sign you're a pastor. Do you have? Yeah, Hebrew? yeah. They don't give tattoos to just anybody. That's right, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I you right. could get a, a tattoo of a clerical collar, uh, on on your neck. Oh, there you Gross. go. Also, <laughs> that cannot be safe. Anyway, I, I mean. Like I think they'll, people they'll are tattoo very, your eyes. I think you can get a. I think you yeah. can. Uh, they identify. <laughs> you identify with your sports team and with their fan base. I think more quickly than we're willing to identify with the church, and I think that's a little bit of a problem. I mean, it's not like the first problem I would choose to fix in the world, but it's somewhere down the list. Yeah, I think because I think faith is privatized more, though. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to have. I mean, I guess some churches do have like church t-shirts and stuff, but I think generally your sports fanhood is more of a public thing. 
I, I 100% agree with Sean on this one. I think I know of one church that I've been a part of in my lifetime where uh, like you could walk around town and occasionally see people in their like church t-shirts and it wasn't like weird. Like um, a lot of people I know, the, the t-shirts that they get from church um, are either shirts that they paint in, uh, shirts that they sleep in, or shirts that they show up to church events. That's it. Yeah. Like you, you don't see them wearing that to the grocery store. You don't see them wearing that to, to work. You don't see them wearing that to, you know, we to need to work out. We oh, need that. church mascots to put on. Yo. our shirts. Well, like, yes. so I, I'm a, I'm a pastor at a church with the school. So we actually do have like a mascot for our school. Um, so if you know the school, you may know the church, like, Hold on, hold on. Is the mascot a saint, a cavalier, or a crusader? Wildcat. No, bro. No. No. Is it an eagle? It is an eagle. Hey, there you go. America. It's, yeah. It's like it's one of like three or four. Do you think it's a do you think it's a practical issue though? Why you think like Ben was saying that the shirts that churches give out, like people sleep. They work in them. They paint in them. Do you think it's a practical issue? Like, do you think the shirt's just not comfortable? Well, I, I think, they, I think it's twofold. If I may, I think it's twofold. One, they're usually terrible. True. Um, design? You talking always design use wise? Yeah, Design-wise, like, t- church t-shirts are brutal more often than not. Um, it, yeah, that that's... That is part of it. But Yeah. Like yeah. if you're embarrassed to wear a shirt in public, maybe you should make a better t-shirt. That's like, we, we have cool, seminary yeah. classmates. Yeah. We have seminary classmates who would rant about if you're going to do something, do it well, or don't do it at all. Um, <clears throat> Connor Wondrash. Um, but yes, uh, on the show. Too. Yeah. Shout out to Connor Wondrash. We'll get him on the show at some point. Dr. But, Con- like, Dr. Connor Wondrash. Not yet. Not for very many years. <laughs> You're going to be in that help desk for the rest of eternity. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off, Ben. Yeah, so that's one. And I think two is just like like you were talking about. Faith in general is so privatized that to, to think about, oh, I can wear this shirt in public is another step too far in, in general. Like, if you're not even willing to have a conversation with your next door neighbor about, Hey, you know, how was church this weekend? Or, uh, like, Hey, do you want to come to this, you know, barbecue we're having at church or, or come to Christmas Eve services with us? Or like one of these really low bar of entry conversations about church or religious practice or anything. If you're not willing to do that, you're not probably going to be willing to walk around with a billboard for your church on it, like on your shirt. Well, and I think that is probably like completely separate from the sports thing. I don't think I so, think, though, because like you're, well, you're no, so no, no, willing saying, to have conversations about like sports well, and stuff. I also think so. If you're walking around to... wearing team gear, like that, that's a you're, it's fair you're opening game. yourself up to to well, like conversations with strangers. Everybody has everybody well, has too. an opinion about <laughs> sports too. Like, yeah. Oh, you're absolutely. wearing that. You're wearing that quarterback's jersey. Like he's awful. Like what? Do you, what yeah. like, or 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 who should our starting quarterback be? Or mm-hmm. man, that defense is really struggling. Like the coordinator's got to go, right? I mean, so I think everyone, 
even though they're not knowledgeable all the time, they have an opinion about like here in Kansas City, they're, you know, Patrick Holmes is struggling. They're like, oh, you know, I don't know. Like all the national news networks are like, Patrick Holmes is like, is he over? Is it done? Like it's such an easy like conversation starter because everyone has an opinion. Right. Well, and, and it's non-threatening in most cases, right? Like um, no one's genuinely going to get really upset with you for over sports stuff. I mean, there are some people who will, don't get me wrong, but like um, I have never met someone who refuses to like connect with me because I'm a Nashville Predators fan. But we, uh, our faith, I think, is in a different realm. And part of it is justified because um, we, we preach, we teach a hard message, right? But I think part of it is we've kind of allowed faith to become a private thing. And we've said, it's okay that we're going to make it a private thing. And I don't, I don't think that's what we're called to. And I, I don't necessarily think, you know, it's p- because of sports, but I think it, it provides us an interesting contrast that um, here's something that people do genuinely care about in sports, that they are okay. Like it is okay for that to be uh, very public information about you. But when it comes to your faith, it, we're very much more kind of keep that to yourself. Right. Um And I think maybe that's a problem that's worth addressing is that our faith is by nature something that's community, uh, something that is public, something that demands sharing, demands mission. Um, You think it's because people feel they don't feel equipped to talk about their faith? Like you can have. I don't even know what's that because people don't know what they're talking about with sports and they feel free to open their mouths. I don't know, man. Like most people have been watching sports for. Like if you're it doesn't if you're mean they fan, know anything. They think they know something though. That's what I'm saying. They, they think they know who should start quarterback or whatever, but like with their faith, they don't even know where to necessarily begin. Like you say that, but I, I think I kind of agree with Josh, kind of circling back to something that, that you said earlier about like how uh faith faith in, in general is just so much more difficult of a topic to not get too personal about. Or like to not take personally like sports is one of those things where if you disagree about it you can you can both move, move on with that. your lives yeah yeah exactly if but we're if talking about talking christianity faith, yeah at some point like, my faith if you are not in my faith system if you are not a christian if you are if you if you're not connected with jesus christ at some point my faith system says you're going to hell yep right and that's a conversation that is really, really uncomfortable. And, and not to mention all of the moral and ethical things that Christianity says, like, you should be honest, you should love your neighbor, you should live with generosity, like, uh, all of these different things that are kind of counter to how our culture wants to live. So I think part of the reason we, we want Christianity to be public is because it's confrontational. It's it's saying into our into our way of life, into our society's way of life, there is something that we have to change. We're not you can't just do what you want. Um, it does matter. And God has something to say about how we live. And that's uh, that's an uncomfortable conversation at, at very least. I think it's, I mean, I want to hear what you guys think. I, I think also. I think we enjoy the surface level conversations. Like, I, I don't like, I don't know. 
one seminary prop, I think it was Dale Meyer. He, he like referenced this study, like by, by Pew research, I think like very little people actually know the, who their neighbors were in like this apartment complex. Right. And we, my wife and I, we live in this apartment complex and I can't tell you my neighbor's names. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what they do for work. I think, I think a lot of people kind of like the surface level. Like you can have your opinion. I can have my opinion. Like, cause I, I think in order to have a faith conversation that actually might create some fruit, I think you have to have enough relationship equity to actually make an impact. Like you could, you could go be the street uh, preacher and stand on your soapbox and talk about how, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. But I think you need to have some relationship before you can say all of that deep stuff. Cause like Josh was saying, like it is deep. I mean, there's a lot, a lot going on there. Um, that's my two cents. If I can come at this from a very different angle, I think Sean, I think you're, you're kind of spot on on this. Like there, there's a lot of research and evidence that shows um, like, this is mostly t- coming from the, from the realm of like social media. Uh, like the, the echo chambers created by social media release a dopamine hit when people realize, hey, this person agrees with me or we're, we're having this sort of social interaction in like within the realm of, of talking sports, you might actually be able to change someone's mind because nobody really has like a dead set opinion on a lot of things in sports unless it's hating the Houston Astros. And like, um, we, we come full circle on these things quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but like when we're talking uh, Christianity and, and we're talking faith and, and religion with people, there are going to be a lot of, a lot of times where we, we don't come to any sort of agreement. And so you have a really unsatisfying end to this conversation and people are just so used to, whether it's in sports or uh, in a lot of these other shallow conversations in life, they want to have something where, Either they don't have to engage at all, or if they are going to engage, they're engaged, they're going to get something out of it because there is going to be that confirmation bias. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of interesting parallels there, I think. Um, is there anything else we want to address on that? Because I kind of want to move to one of the other issues that Ben introduced at the beginning of the show. You can always do a part two, Josh. We can. <laughs> I guess how long? Oh. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. I just got the notification. Which means uh, we've been on here for 35. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, I think kind of just summing some of the other things you talked about is stepping away from like comparing sports to religion is kind of the ethics that surround sports. And, and you talked about like aggression and, and drunkenness. Um, but I think there, there are some, some behaviors that for, uh, I mean, one way to put it is that we're not loving God and we're not loving our neighbor through, uh, through sport. And like, here's, here's another confession of mine. When I was in college, I went to every home basketball game and I sat on the front row and me and my friends, we heckled, we heckled well. Auburn, who division one basketball player, he was their star. He was their leading point guard. And we got him benched because we got so far under his skin. 
after a free throw he missed, he turned around and flicked us off. And his coach was like, uh-uh, you're done. And he benched him. Okay. I wasn't saying – he didn't do that to me because we were saying kind things to him. We were saying rude things to him. Aggressive thing. well, not aggressive. We didn't actually, like, say any threat. We would just make fun of – like, we look at the bios they put on their on their school's webpage and we make fun of them. Like, he had a favorite stuffed teddy bear or something and whatever. But, like, that's not a Christian way for me to act. That's not showing love to this guy on the basketball court. Um, I was being a jerk. And I think in, in the world of sports, we, we kind of give ourselves permission to say terrible – like, I've, I've heard people, faithful, kind, loving Christian people, watching a sports game saying, man, I really hope that guy breaks his leg. It's like, that's not – we're called the better than that. But – for some reason, we, we give ourselves a pass for some of these sporting to, to get completely hammered and to just be terrible people to each other. I, sorry, Josh, I'm laughing because I'm circling back to a moral dilemma my mom had when my brother was playing middle school football. Oh, and, like, like you know how the, there, there are always parents at, like, those games where they're, like, yelling crush him or kill him or, like, so, yeah. something that sounds completely brutal. But, you know, like, they're not necessarily meaning it that way. And my mom always kind of struggled with that and like realized that she couldn't yell this at a child trying to tackle another child in the middle of a sporting event. Uh, she eventually settled on smush him, um, which I don't know if it's much better, but like, <laughs> it's I mean, interesting it's better than the, kill him. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's interesting yeah. the moral hoops that we let ourselves like, or make ourselves jump through in some of these events and sporting events because of the, the things that we want to see happen in the, in the sport. Well, and I got to tell you, I went to a soccer game at one point and there was some rule at Vandy that student athletes had to go support other teams. And I sat, I ended up sitting next to one of the, I think he was a receiver for our football team. And I was just kind of talking to him and he was telling me about his experience from the field with people yelling stuff like this. We weren't good. So people yelled rude things at home games a lot to our players. And then the stands would empty at halftime. And he, he told me, he's like, that's heartbreaking. Like when we're, when we're doing our best out there and people just kind of abandon us and they don't actually support us. Like, I think we forget a lot that the fans next to us that we may or may not be being rude to are people, but the people on the field or the rink or the turf, whatever, medium they're playing on are people too so they also deserve to be shown love and and compassion and kindness yeah do you think you can do you think you can heckle well like in a christian way i mean because like that's what that's what fans like that they talk about home field advantage right you don't necessarily have to like be a jerk when you're heckling but you could like Oh, I think it can still be done, right? It can be distracting. You, you can, can create be distracting. Noise. And like, like in football, honestly, right? You can create noise so that the the quarterback can't hear the plays. Oh, or yeah. You can, or you can hear – in basketball, you can get loud when the players can't hear the head coach. Well, and I've seen people with signs that are, I think are perfectly coach. fine. I saw, yeah. I saw one person, he came with a sign. Uh, I forget who we were playing, so I'll just put in a filler. It said, Valparaiso is bad at basketball. I don't think that's that's out of bounds. I don't think that's a really un because whatever the team we were playing, it was just true. They were not good at basketball. 
so like i i think yes you can still engage and have fun and heckle and distract and and make as much noise as you want but i think there is a line and when we start saying hateful things or or in, or uh like saying people we want people to get injured or whatever I, we're definitely crossing that line i can't tell you exactly where that line is but if you're if you're saying man i really hope that guy breaks his leg you've gone too far oh yeah yeah you shouldn't be wishing anybody injury i mean even if it does help your fantasy football team you shouldn't be yeah that's true yeah yeah <laughs> Josh, I, here's another good example for you. Um, when I was in, in, in college, we I was in the pep band, and oftentimes we were the only fans at some of the, the sporting events, especially women's basketball, volleyball, sometimes even football. Um, like, Falpo's football team is pretty terrible, so it's not entirely surprising. But, like, we, we found ways to get in the other team's head, and – Oftentimes it was things like screaming the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song while people were shit taking free throws or like yelling out the things that somebody was doing as they were preparing to serve in volleyball, like yelling out every dribble and step and jump they took. Like you can still get in people's heads without crossing too many moral lines, I think, but like, I don't know. It, People yeah, should that, kind of consider that for themselves. I mean, because that's what like fans, like at least in the home like games, that's what you're mm -hmm. helping your team, right? That's what you're and there then, for. Like, mm -hmm. I think it because you require like if you're the away team, that requires you not only to play well, but you have to have like this extra mental discipline to ignore or you know, I mean hockey, I think hockey's a lot easier because there's the rink glass right there. I mean, so in order for them to hear, like it has to be like a unified chant. Otherwise you're just going to hear a bunch of noise, I, I think. But, and the pros, I'd imagine the pros are a lot better at like tuning a lot of that stuff out because they, they probably hear it a lot more and, you know, they half their games are on the road. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're running short on time here, so we should probably wrap this puppy up, oh. Josh. Right. So, um, Sean, we didn't tell you this, but to close every episode, we each kind of pick one takeaway that like, if you're going to take one thing out of this podcast, we want you to take this with you. Um, so we'll let oh. you go last so you can think about what you want your one takeaway to be. Oh, okay. Um, so I think my one takeaway is, um, open yourself up to being as public about your faith as you are about your sports teams. I think mine is is kind of a, a conglomeration of that and this last topic that we were talking about, but like don't let your sports team fandom let you become a jerk because you never know who's watching. And if they know you're a Christian, that leads to bad witness. How about you, Sean? Uh well, those are really good ones. And honestly, Ben kind of took my last one. He took it. But uh, I, I think ultimately the conclusion that at least our conversation, I think, led to, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, like you could still be a good sports fit, like a, a, a good fan, a faithful fan that goes to home games and season tickets. But you also still be, you can also still be a Christian too. Um, and those aren't, you know, exclusive, I guess. And uh yeah, that's what I would go with. I think, yeah, you can still be a fan 
and a Christian, but it's just a matter of realizing that your true identity is found in your Christian faith, not your sports team. Yep. All right. So in closing, we have some prayer ideas for you guys. Um, as, as you're praying, you know, thank God for, for our sports teams, because it is an enjoyable part of life. If you're a sports fan to kind of get involved with that kind of stuff, um, maybe confess sometimes where you go too far, where it becomes more of your identity than it should be, or you start acting like a jerk. Um, and honestly, just pray to God that the Nashville Predators have a, have a great season this year. I think get lost, Josh, get lost. No Brothers and sisters, go in peace and serve the Lord. Thank Thanks, you, Peter, God. Yeah.